Well, it's wonderful to be here with you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you for the the four of you who said that back. Are you excited for Christmas? You excited for some time off from school? Chance to rest? Maybe some sweet presents? Oh, you didn't take the bait there. That was good. No one was like, yeah, presents. Do you remember ever getting like a present that you really weren't very happy with? Like you opened it and your face, it was like you tried to hide it, but I mean, your face might've looked like this, but you really want to be polite to the person who gave it to you. Like I had an aunt who used to always give me these shirts that were the most hideous things in the world. And sadly, like they fit. I couldn't even say like, oh, it's the wrong size. Like they fit. So then I had to wear it. Can anybody identify with that at all? Okay, a handful of you. Okay. Have you ever, raise your hand if you've ever gotten just an amazing present for Christmas and it like blew your mind, you were pumped. Okay, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like the joy that just comes bursting out of you. And I think there's two categories. Sometimes you get a present and you weren't even looking for that. You didn't ask for it. It wasn't on your list. But someone who loves you really well thought, hey, I bet they would really enjoy this. And they got it for you. And it came out of left field. You're like, this is amazing. I'm so thankful for it. Other times there are things that you have begged for. You have pleaded for, you put it on your list, you asked grandma, you wrote to Santa. I mean, you did anything you could think to possibly have this thing. You're getting ads for it all the time as you're scrolling your social media, like it's constantly in front of you and you want it. And Christmas morning comes and you open the usually last present and it's that present. Anybody ever had that? And you're just like, Jack, okay, well, who said never? I'm so sorry. So sorry. Maybe this year. Who knows? Who knows? See me after. We'll talk. Um, we're, we're kind of in a fun new phase in the nunnery household because uh, my oldest son is three and a half. He's very quick to emphasize the half. And he is starting to understand that Christmas means he can get some stuff. So we went to Costco the other day, very exciting life that I lead. And uh, we're walking down the aisle and he sees some toys. He's like, hey, dad, I want these. And can I get them? And I said, no, we're really close to Christmas. Maybe we'll see what you get for Christmas and then we'll talk. He's like, no, but I really want them. And I was like, that does not change the equation. You're not getting them. I was like, but let me take a picture of them. This kid doesn't smile for anything. We get professional photos done. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Won't smile at all. Like, doesn't even want anything to do with us. This kid said, cheese. And these are the motorcycles that he wanted. And <laughs> when we got home, he was like, maybe, maybe you can tell mom about the motorcycles. And she's like, what are you talking about? Judah is so pumped. He doesn't know this yet. But we did go back and get those motorcycles. So he's, he's going to get them. Yeah, like, so Christmas morning's going to come. And he, he keeps talking about them. Like, little kids often forget things. He has not forgotten. And so I am pumped to watch my son get something that he has so longed for and that he will immediately forget all about and not play with after like a week. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's just what's going to happen. Um, but this is the Christmas season, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, tonight and then next week. It's only a two-part series. We're going to talk about the greatest gift ever given at any Christmas, and that gift was? You nailed it. Look at you. Give yourselves a round of applause. Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. Uh, this series is called Joy to the World, and we sang about it earlier. I just wanted to look at these lyrics. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Like, he arrived. That's the whole point of the season, talking about Jesus being here. And that should be a source of joy. And, and we get that because we sing these songs, but you may not understand what that really meant to the people of Israel who had been waiting for a long time for the Messiah. 
So they had been promised something and they had been waiting for it and longing for it and hoping and praying and asking that God would give them this gift of the Messiah. And they understand that Messiah would do a couple things. If you've ever heard the term Messiah, you're like, what does that even mean? The people of God were looking for the Messiah to come in and do some things, to free them from captivity. If you study the Bible from start to finish, the people of God are constantly enslaved. Like you probably know about Egypt, right? There's a significant portion of the Old Testament that is devoted to that. And by the time we get to when Jesus is actually born, it's Rome. But there are a lot of other countries that have come in and enslaved the people of God along the way. And so for them, they're thinking, we need somebody to come free us from captivity. Part of that is defeating the enemies. Man, Israelites hated the people who conquered them, particularly the Romans. They occupied their cities. They would put their Roman soldiers there. And it was just a constant reminder to them that we have bested you. We have beaten you. You can go about your day-to-day life, but we're here. So they were looking for the Messiah to defeat their enemies. And and there was this idea that when he did those things, an eternal kingdom would be established. And the Israelites would never be defeated again. This kingdom would rule and reign forever. And so they kept praying and hoping and asking that God would send the Messiah. And there were people who came and said that they were, but they weren't. They were crushed for the pretenders that they were were. And then we get to Jesus. And we've got the benefit of looking back and we understand Jesus is the Messiah. He came and did these things, but not quite like people expected. We'll talk more about that in a little while. Now you may hear people say, Jesus is the reason for the season. And that is true. It absolutely is. You know, somebody will tell you happy holidays. Don't you happy holidays me. Tell me Merry Christmas. Please don't be that person. Okay, don't don't take it that far with like the Walmart greeter. Okay, don't do it. But Jesus is the reason for the season. More than that, Jesus is the reason in every season. Because without Jesus coming and being born, he would have never lived a perfect life. He would have never sacrificed himself, defeating sin and death, and we would stand condemned before God. I had a professor at North Greenville named Mike Landrum. He was my youth ministry professor. And he used to always tell us, no matter what time of year it was, he would say, Merry Christmas. It's how he'd start class, end class. If you saw him in the calf, Merry Christmas. And he would tell us, everything hinges on Jesus coming. Everything hinges on this Christmas story. And what we do is we relegate it to just a few weeks in December. But really, the Christmas story has tremendous impact all year round. I'm not suggesting you should be singing Christmas songs in like April, but I am telling you we should not forget that Jesus came. It's a big, big deal. Look what... John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We've seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus putting on human flesh, wrapping Himself, if you will, into a human body and presenting Himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for us. What an incredible gift. And we're thinking through some of these Christmas songs, right? Joy to the world. I think about Silent Night. I think it's like the worst, it's the biggest lie of a song that there ever was. There's no way that was a silent night. There's just no way. Okay, babies make a lot of noise. Moms in that physics-defying, mind-bending miracle process that is birth make a lot of noise. Maybe even people who are standing by are making some noises. I say that from some personal experience. I'm going to show you a picture. Uh, This is the first picture taken of me and my wife with our newborn son. I mean, less than two minutes after Judah officially entered the world. There, there we are. That's not him uh, silently praising God. That dude has some lungs from the get-go. What I don't want you to miss is the look in this dude's eyes. 
I did not know what to think. I was overwhelmed. There had been a lot going on. And there's a healthy amount of praise God, what a miracle. There's also a dear God, please help me. I have no idea where we go from here. Birth is an amazing thing. And Jesus being born is amazing. And we should talk about it and think about it and read about it. So if you've got Bibles, we're going to look at Luke 2 tonight. Luke 2, we're going to look at just a handful of verses. Uh, If you didn't grab a Bible, there's some in the back. You can scroll on your phone. That's okay, too. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the birth of Christ. And there are several different perspectives you can come from here. There's a lot of different folks that you can kind of examine in this story. I chose this particular one because this is where I wanted us to be. So let's read uh, just the first couple of verses. Luke 2, verses 8 and 9. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Okay? Why were they terrified? Why were they freaking out? Well, we have a very Americanized, soft vision of what angels look like. So you've probably seen stuff like this. They're cute, chubby babies. They got some wings. They're floating on the clouds, bless you. Uh, You just want to pinch their cheeks. This is not at all a biblical representation of what angels look like. Like, at all. Please disavow yourself of this. This is not what they look like. I'm going to show you one artist's video rendering, because there are multiple descriptions of multiple different types of angels, and I'm not saying this is definitive or accurate, but I'm telling you it is far more accurate than this picture. Uh, we'll, We'll play the video. I'll talk you through some of it. Um... You can see this one with its crazy wings. It actually has four different heads. That's biblical. The Bible describes four heads uh, on on the cherub. Uh, If you were to go into the Old Testament and read, Ezekiel talks about seeing these rings twisting and it's covered in eyeballs. Um, That's real interesting. And this one's got uh, the wings, again, covered all in eyeballs, multiple wings. It's a rather large being. There's a fire burning there. Uh, That's the seraphim. And I'm just here to tell you that is a far cry from this. So when you see that the shepherds in the field were terrified, you're like, they must have been some wimps. No, if this giant, bright, angelic being showed up covered in eyeballs and wings, you would probably be pretty freaked out too, right? Over and over again in the Bible, when angelic beings show up, they always have to say, don't be afraid. Easy for you to say, supernatural, otherworldly being. I'm just a human being. This is the scariest moment of my life. Uh, Let's keep reading a little bit. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid, right? He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So the angel tells them, This is good news for you, and it should bring you great joy. This gift that you've been looking for, the Messiah, the Savior, it's here for real. This is happening. And so you should rejoice. And he tells them how you can recognize him. You'll go to Bethlehem. It was a place that had been foretold thousands of years in advance that that's where the Messiah would come. And you'll find him lying in the major, wrapped in strips of clothing. So great news, right? Maybe by this point, the shepherds, uh, who are in the fields, we sing about them too. We're starting to adjust to this angelic being telling this thing. 
Uh, and as soon as they got adjusted to that, it says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. So cool. Now a lot of these supernatural otherworldly beings have shown up. And now they're saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Um, a lot of angels showing up, probably freaking these guys out. They don't know what to think. These are just some humble shepherds. They're hanging out with their sheep in the field. And they have this crazy experience where God reaches out to them and tells them, there's good news and you can have joy because my son Jesus has come. It's a big deal. But we move right past it because we focus on ourselves or things or music or movies or time off from school. And we can't miss that the birth of Jesus is a source of tremendous joy for us. It is, in fact, a joyous thing for the world. Now, we won't go into all the details of the rest of the story, uh, but when the angels returned to heaven, it says that the shepherds said to each other, let's go, let's go to Bethlehem, let's see what this is about. And so they go, uh, and they hurry to the village, they find Mary, they find Joseph, they find the baby, and then it says they went and told everyone everything that had happened, and they left that place praising God with thanksgiving that they had been invited into something so magnificent. These weren't rich, popular people with great notoriety or great following. These were humble shepherds. These were some of the lowest people on the totem pole, and God sends the angels to tell them. The first Noel, right? You probably know that one. I won't sing it for you. Noel has a lot of different meanings. In French, it actually means Christmas. That's actually a French carol that we sing. Uh, it can mean a proclamation of good news, and it can also revolve around birthdays. So the first Noel to these shepherds is Jesus has come. He's here and they get to go and they get to see him. They leave so thankful that God has included them. Do you ever have a moment of thankfulness around the Christmas season where you're like, I'm so thankful God has included me. He's told me he sent Jesus for me. Do you get that it's for you? That gift is for you. It's for the taking. And again, Jesus Jesus comes kind of in a different way that we don't expect. Like if we were drawing up this plan, we would probably have Jesus born into a powerful family with notoriety, nobility, some money. Jesus is born to a teenage girl kind of in the middle of nowhere. Bethlehem was a backwoods, two-stoplight kind of town. Kind of out of the way. His family winds up becoming refugees. When he grows up, he goes through some hardship. During his ministry, he says, I don't even have a place to lay my head. Like, Jesus did not have all the things you would think he would have. He didn't look that way. If you go read in Philippians 2, I'll put it up here briefly, but you'll have a chance to look at this tonight in small group. It talks about having the same attitude that Christ had, that he came humbly. Again, you'll look at this some at group in just a few minutes, but see this over in John 1, verses 10 through 12. He, this is Jesus, came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Jesus came, and there are people who completely missed it. And that's still true today. Like, there are some people who just don't get it. They're missing it. They're not concerned about Jesus being here. And I'm telling you, it's the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Better than anything that you could have that you'll forget about two, three, four weeks from now. Jesus is the reason Yes, for the season, but for everything that we do. Like as we come to the end of the year and you think back just over the steps you've taken this year, the struggles you've had, the joys, the highs, the lows, like where has Jesus factored in for you? Into your decision making, into your relationships, into the way that you speak, into the way that you think. Like if Jesus really is the reason for everything that we do, 
He is the one who created us, the one who's the author and finisher of our faith. Like, are you factoring Jesus in? Are you even thinking about him? Or are you just so caught up and consumed in other things? Another song that we sing is, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel literally means God with us. Jesus coming and being born in this earth is, is good news. But Jesus is not here anymore. Again, he lived a perfect life. He sacrificed himself. He died. He rose from the dead. And then he went back to heaven. Jesus is not physically here on this planet, but the Holy Spirit of God is. We believe that the Holy Spirit is with us, leading us, guiding us, helping us to grow more and more like Jesus. Do you understand that as we sing that song around this time of year, that God is still with us? Are you making room in your life? Are you creating rhythms for God to be with you, for you to be with God? Or are you turning everything up to 10 and you can't even hear Jesus? And then you wonder why your faith is where it is. Let's look again back at what the Messiah was supposed to do, free from captivity. Not from a country who would come and enslave, but from captivity to sin. People sometimes think, well, like, if I follow Jesus, I can't do the things I want to do. And I got to do all this other stuff. No, to follow Jesus means you are freed from the obligation to sin. If you've ever wrestled with something and not been able to beat it, you keep going back to it over and over and over again. Even though you know it's wrong, you know what I'm talking about. Jesus can free you from that captivity. He can defeat the enemy that is sin, that is death. He defeated it because he rose from the dead. That's what we talk about at Easter. That starts with his birth here. And he establishes an eternal kingdom. Listen, next week we're going to talk about Jesus coming back. If you've ever read the book of Revelation and you're like, I don't understand anything that's happening here, join the club and then come next week and let's, Let's piece through it a little bit together. We'll look at Revelation 19, 20, and 21. And we're going to talk about Jesus coming back and how that's also a time for joy to the world. It just doesn't get talked about that same kind of way because there's fire and there's people getting cast into it and there's Satan and there's the beast and there's the prophet. There's all this weird stuff. You're like, I don't get it. But anytime Jesus is with us, that is an occasion for joy. And he's going to come and establish that eternal kingdom when it's all said and done. Last thing I'll share with you is this verse from Revelation 3. This is Jesus talking. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I would submit to you that Jesus stands ready to enter into a relationship with you this holiday season. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you've just gotten kind of lost along the way. As you look back over the last 12 months, you realize you've just been doing your own thing. You haven't made a lot of time for Jesus. You haven't left a lot of room for him. Don't do this thing where we wait until January 1st and go, it's going to be a new year and a new me. First of all, no, it won't. Second of all, why wait? The Bible says over and over again, today's the day of salvation. So friend, if you're far from God, whatever that looks like in your life, let me just encourage you during the Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, take that as an invitation for God to be with you, for you to repent and find the joy that comes from relationship with him. It is, in fact, joy for the world, but it can be joy for you as an individual. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you, as Jacob plays, to not stand up, to not sing, to just pray right where you are. Listen and think about joy to the world and what that can mean for you specifically. And if you're in a great place with Jesus, hear me. That's awesome. Pray for the people in your life who you know aren't. 
pray for your friends who are lost, your family who's lost, maybe the person in your group that you're going to sit beside in just a few minutes and you know like this person's living in active rebellion to God. Pray for them, not in an arrogant way, but in a humble way, asking that God would knock on the door of their heart and that they would open it and he would come in and a relationship could begin. So I'll pray. Jacob will sing. This is a time for you to reflect, talk to God, and then you'll be dismissed to groups in just a minute. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for the greatest gift that was ever given on any occasion. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. He was born, God, that he would glorify you with his life, with his death, and with his resurrection. Remind us, God, that his birth is not about us, but it is about bringing glory to you. But God, help us also to see the invitation to be with you, to just rest in who you are and the relationship that you desire with us. My prayer, very simply, God, is for those who are far from you, that they would hear you knocking on that door, God, and they would draw close. For someone, that could be the first time, God. For for others of us, it could be walking back after a time away. Thank you for the joy, for the grace, for the mercy that comes from relationship with you. Holy Spirit, speak clearly in these next few minutes. In Christ's name I pray.